With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's happening, people? Welcome to another episode of Courtside Fracker. All things NBA uh, coming straight from the UK for the UK audience and beyond. This week, I'm joined by Nee. What's good, bro? Good, man. What's good? It's been a while still. It has been a while, and to be honest, we'll get into what's good and what's really not good at the moment. <laughs> Speaking of things that are not good, we've got a, a smiling Laker fan with us. Can you what's happening? I'm good. Man. I've got two reasons to be happy right now. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, lastly, we, we know what size here for with that flat earth in the background. <laughs> we know exactly what he's primed for, what the research has been on. Uh, si, what's happening, mate? Not too bad, man. I must say... Just so people know, I'm not a flat earther. It's just for the vibes. Just for the just for the Kyrie back in. Um, so look, last time we spoke, it was uh, NBA Finals preview. Um, pretty obviously, now we are two games into the NBA Finals. Uh, Lakers have taken both games pretty comfortably. Uh, it must be said. Um, first game, to be honest, was uh, was actually a bit kind. To the Heat with with the scoreline, uh, it was a it was a real real blowout, and the Heat probably looked the most uncharacteristic that they have all year. Second game, no Bam Adebayo, no Goran Dragic, who we think might miss the whole series. To be honest, leading to a Lakers two 0 Finals lead. So, Canyon, this is your this is your moment. We'll put you on the podium. Uh, as as Janine said on the Twitter recently, the skies are very grey at the moment, and that might have something to do with the Lakers descending <laughs> back to the top with their dark forces. But uh, but yeah, how are these two games gone? How are you feeling as a Laker fan? Um, this is this is wrapped up, isn't it? I'm 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 assuming that the only people actually enjoying this finals is LeBron and AD. I don't even know if you are <laughs> properly. So so talk the things. I don't know what Janine's talking about because where I am, the sky's purple and gold, baby. But <laughs> 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 two up, and yeah, like, ain't no complaints. Like, LeBron, shameless as ever, he's staying into the very last quarter just to get that 25 piece or that 30 piece to secure that finals MVP. But that's the, that's the life we live right now. And that is the best stat padding I've ever seen, by the way. Honestly, uh, beautiful. There's no reason for him to be there because we saw in the first game, Pete went up real quick, 13 points or whatever. It was the bench that brought it back. LeBron, LeBron was chilling on the bench recuperating. And so, yeah, I think sometimes when LeBron's on the court, we get a bit complacent, weirdly enough. I'm not really sure why, especially like in the third quarter where the Heat scored, what, 39 in the second game. But I don't think it was ever up for doubt, like, cool, we're not going to win this game. But there's little bits where the Lakers kind of make things hard for themselves. But yeah, man, it's good. Like, AD's doing his thing. Like, there ain't nothing they can do about it. And we saw with, like, the zone as well. Someone's at the heart, someone's at the top, someone's at the short corner there in behind the zone. And they're just dicing it up. Like, and the heat proved me wrong, actually, because I said they're not going to be able to go cold. And whew, they went cold. So Freezing cold. Freezing cold. I mean, they picked, they picked a really bad time to do it. On the very, very, very first podcast, me and you were present. We did sort of team introductions. And I had the heat uh, almost by request because I was so high on them all season long. Yeah, and I said the only thing that can stop them this postseason, this is pre-bubble, everything is going cold, and if the shooting is sustainable, mm. and it has been sustainable up until maybe last two of the last three games against the Celtics, but then they brought it back, and then now again spotlights are on 
big stage freezing. Park, I think, to be honest, I think they're a bit nervous. Like Tyler Hero, he was making that bad, bad mistakes and decisions in game one that like, Duncan Robinson couldn't hit a shot. But I think, I think you've got to give a bit of credit to the Lakers as well, because I think they're closing out on the perimeter pretty well. So, like, obviously, there's a lot of talk about them not being good at guarding the perimeter, but I think they've done a pretty decent job. Um, when Jimmy, when like, um, Jimmy drives to the lane and like, to the hoop, and like, he's, quite, he's been quite passive in game one, he was a bit better in game two, but like, when he was kicking it out, I thought the Lakers closed out pretty well. But yeah, man, uh, Miami have gone a bit cold, um, and the offense, it's, it's, been a, it's been a bit tight. There's not been much fluidity, so it's been a bit hard in the eyes, and like the Lakers just get stopped and they're dominating the paint. So, yeah, man, this is this is looking like it's going to be a wash, to be honest. It's 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 disappointing for me. I won't even lie, because I've loved the bubble. I've loved the playoffs. I think the playoffs have been really good. I feel like every series, barring the just waste of time Nets and Orlando series. Yeah. Um, like, I think every series has been really good, really watchable, really competitive. And then to have a finals where, obviously, the first game, okay, maybe what's the chance? Look, some of us are happy, isn't it? Fucking hell. But <laughs> to have no bam, to have no druggage, I think even that is just the thing for me. It's like, okay, if the Lakers were doing this against fully on it heat, it would be a lot more competitive and a lot more impressive. But just to not have... The Heat's best player in the conference finals, the Heat's the Heat's highest scorer in the conference finals. Those two separately, Bamman and, and Dragic, it's just a bit of an anticlimax. And, and yeah, as is. our backgrounds, as our backgrounds on on Zoom usually tell a story, uh, I've got one thing to try to grip to as as being happy about this year, and that's that's my goat getting a second ring, uh, which he uh, which eluded <laughs> him for so so long. Um, we talked we talked about him a little bit and again on the pod he's been it was I was partly being provocative, you know, get the people going. And I said, Is Anthony Davis one of the most overrated players from where he should be based on performance as opposed to what he can be based off all his skill set? I think he's probably proved a lot of people wrong in this in this playoffs finals, playoffs in general. But especially these two games, I think he's really making a statement to be that top five guy that he has been coined as. Side AD in this finals, he's, he's thrown down a, a moniker, hasn't he? He has. He's basically putting all the components of his game to work. And that's, that's always been one of the big question marks is whether or not he can translate that within a playoffs run consistently. Um, obviously, he's played a lot bigger this series than he has maybe in old series, uh, which is, again, what they needed from him. It gives that two-man dynamic a lot more depth um, and a lot more sort of uh, dominance, I would say. Um, that's been a large reason of why the zone hasn't worked is because AD can just pick his spots within the spaces and just go to work. And that's what everyone's wanted him to do, is, is just sort of knuckle down and get busy. And credit to him, he's done it. And in, uh, obviously, any team with LeBron on it is going to be LeBron's team. What has to happen for this to start being seen as, okay, look, LeBron is what he is. He's aging and this, that and the other. What, what has to happen for this to start to be seen as AD's team? Because surely at some point it's going to have to be over the next couple of years. Oh, it's his team now, if we're being very honest. Like the only no, but hold on, hold on. That's, that's what we think, but for the consensus. For the um, their finals MVP, the biggest stage. If they give that to him, that's when you know the LeBron media train, even though he gets yeah, a lot of slander, that's when you know he's done. If he doesn't get that finals MVP, it's almost like, oh, LeBron's riding AD's back all the way to the finals now. And that's fine. But yeah, I think that's the one thing that's going to take. But even this year, cool, LeBron led the league in assists, like he's done that. But this is the first time in, I think, 15 years, or probably since most of his career, that he's not been the leading scorer in the team. Like it's now AD. And then when mm. it comes down to it, call the balls in LeBron's hand. But the big situations in the past two games we've had, it's been all AD. So The real highlight plays, the real clutch plays have been AD. The story has been AD. LeBron obviously uh, knew what he was doing in game two. AD finished with 32 points. So LeBron just made sure to get to that 33 mark. It wasn't as bad as the first game where he was just hanging on for dear life. But second game, yeah, it was nasty, the end, that was a quiet 30, you know. I, I didn't expect it. Nee, one as well, like, for you, in terms of... Uh, we came into this 
sort of um, playoffs, seeing Houston and LA as like a real interesting matchup, just because <laughs> of the stylistic differences. Yeah. And you know, we thought, oh, if they go so big, because LA have been a bit of a throwback this year. They've been a bit of a bruiser team. They've been like really big, rugged, difficult to score against defense. They've almost been, I think, defensively, maybe even in transition, they've almost been the team that I had the 76ers to be in terms of the height and in terms of the physicality that you were going to have mm -hmm. to match to score on them, right? Uh, and then obviously, similarly, you were like, well, who's going to get the shots up? Because I don't think anyone was expecting Caruso to be as good as he was in the regular season and Caldwell Pope to be as on fire as he has been from three. Even John Rondo is taking four or five threes a game and, yeah. and how through the playoffs was, was round, hovering around 40%. Um, so I think they, they almost have taken what I thought the Sixers would be in terms of just really hard to score on, really hard to stop certain guys physically. Um, and then if the shooting does manifest itself, they'll be really, really effective. So with that in mind, and with the conference finals from the East recently in memory in the, where the Celtics struggled against the zone because they have so many, you know, multifaceted wing players who I mm -hmm. guess are some degree small ball. Um, there was times where Jason Tatum's the biggest player on the floor for the Celtics. And then, LA have come through in this zone and just been like, nah, we've got Dwight, we've got AD, we've got Bron who can just roll downhill and charge through anything. Is it potentially the slight death of small ball now where teams were trying to replicate this Golden State formula that was very unique to Golden State? And now this is a bit of a statement that the team who've come away with the championship this year, because I think it's safe to say they have, yeah. are a bit of a throwback. Not, not, to put them down but you still have a lot of good players there but but it's gone against the grain of how teams are trying to build recently um yeah um, i think that's true to be honest like, i'm that houston series was disappointing for like me and for everyone to be honest because i had houston actually winning because i thought that like, their size and just like their speed and skill and shooting i'll do the lakers but um you gotta give props to ad and lebron like, it's just like a great one-two punch that like, it's probably the best one-two punch in the league I know people are talking about Paul George and Kawhi maybe being up there or being better, but um, I, th I think they've proven, to be honest. Like, um, AD, like, um, he surpassed my expectations, to be fair. Like, um, I didn't have him in the top five before, but like, with his performances in the bubble, I think we've got to put him in that conversation now. And like, from now on, he probably wins finals MVP and he wins this year. I think next year, maybe he should be going for MVP and then you're talking about that like, Hall of Famer and like, like, is he top 15 all time? If he continues to build. Wow, hold on, Nee, you, you started. You just got more excited and excited. I did, I did, I did. Bro. You got, you got, wow. He's showing out. He's showing out, though. Oh, my God. The man gets so carried away with everything. Top 15. There's a lot of big men in top 15, you know. Okay, let's see. No, I'm saying, like, he's not top 15 now, but if he continues to build, then this is what I'm saying. And then we want to get Hall of Fame. Every line. Can I just say. Nah, he's getting me gas. I can't lie, man. Anyone, but the thing is, with AD, he should be in that conversation. He's a seven-footer who can be effective on the perimeter, like legitimately, not like an Embiid who thinks he can be and actually mm. it's like, no, 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 back in there, Joel. Uh, not like a Ben Simmons who has all these physical gifts and is just not willing to put, put the effort in. Um, and then he's got the explosiveness that someone like a Porzingis just doesn't really really have especially after that injury we haven't really seen it like ad should be in these conversations and, and yeah. he, he alluded to a conversation that he had with lebron i think it was after the portland defeat so the first game of the playoffs where where they, where they lost game one to portland and I, I can't remember the particulars canyon you might be able to fill me in here but it basically was in my wording stop being a bitch and sort yourself out Mm -hmm. um, and that's not how AD put it. Canyon, do you remember that chat? And did you see that as a little bit of a, a shift for for the Lakers this year? Yeah, because first game he struggled. He was really struggling, and I'm not sure why. I think he was he was just trying to do a bit too much from the perimeter. And I think as we've seen in other games, he's let it come to him. He's not trying to force it. So yeah, that first game he struggled, and then obviously LeBron said in no uncertain words, like "Yo, like do you fix up?" And from there, he's been dominance. And he's literally showed up and we can't complain. He's perfect balance. Like you said, he's not doing a Joel. He thinks he can play in the perimeter. He should be in the post. It's literally the perfect balance. 
And we've seen in some games now that like he's not getting rebounds because he's maybe working out on the perimeter a bit more and Dwight's there. But the last two games, he's been all up in the boards and actually really working, especially offensively. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, just I want to make a little point for anyone listening on Spotify or Apple. Get on the YouTube because Canyon's making some good points here. But his best moments so far have been just the waves of the hands when everyone's mentioning Kawhi and Paul George and and, <laughs> and really really wow, really bringing in the, the, the really basking in, in all of the Lakers hate as well. So uh, it's quite a sight to see. It is honestly. Um, listen, game three it's on later tonight. Uh, by the time we next record, it will be probably done. Um, the the finals will be probably done and the Lakers will probably be anointed as the champions of this year. As I say, they were, listen, they were talked about as favourites um, at points this year, especially at the beginning of the season. Them and the Clippers and the Bucks were by far the, the big three. Game three tonight, Bam is looking like he's going to be back. Um, is it just too little, too late? Side, you even see that he's getting a game? Uh, it's, it's, it's tough to it's tough to say they will. Uh, the hope is that they'll be able to pull something out the bag. Um, the interesting component here is, obviously, the first two games are usually to the team with home court advantage. So, in real terms, the Lakers are expected to win the first two anyway. If this wasn't a pandemic situation, they would have been on their home mate, you, need, you're, you are a, You are a spin doctor, mate. That is, <laughs> that is a real way. It's true, though. It's true. a great way of seeing it if you're the Heat. <laughs> But then, at the same time, that that component also makes it a bleak situation for the Heat. They don't they don't get to take them back to Miami and see if the crowd can g them up. They've just got to pull something out the bag, and it's looking unlikely. But crazier things have happened. So I'm, I'm maybe they just need to need, need to just bring some dominoes and some sand and, and all, all <laughs> sorts of it's possible. it's possible. Like as much as I'm loving it, it's very possible. We saw in the second game. They started pulling it back a bit more because of some complacency. But people thought we were going to wash them out even more than the first game because nobody was there. But they put up a fight. So I think we should win anyway, but I think it won't be as, it won't be as straightforward as some people are saying. That's the If the Heat do get swept, do people have to shut up about Heat culture for a year or, uh, or not? Nah. Uh, that's, just the, that's just the game, baby. <laughs> they came up against the big boys and then, you know, <laughs> that happened when the lights is on. <laughs> we built different. This is the Clippers' oh, man, fault, you know, man. This is actually you know the Clippers' what? fault because we've got Lakers it fans. It is actually all the Clippers' ah, fault because right. I still maintain the Clippers would have been up for the Lakers and actually they, done them in. they had to cripple Paul Zingas and kick Luca. <laughs> so, I don't uh, hear about no Clippers. It's all the Clippers' fault. I tell you what, we're going to get onto the Clippers right now as a matter of fact. Um, I think... I think the finals is looking like it is done. Um, and as a sort of a neutral watcher, I say neutral, fuck LA. Um, it's been disappointing. It's, I can't even pretend I'm neutral. It's been disappointing um, just how non-competitive it's been. I think the injuries really were a shame. Like Even if the, even if LA were going to gonna steamroller it, I would have just been far more impressed if they had a fully healthy Bam, fully healthy Jimmy, even fully healthy Dragic against them. It's, it's a little bit of a shame, but hey, listen, it's a, a war of a war of attrition. These these this bubble. Some people have been there what three months, however long. It's just like, yeah. Oh, fucking, uh, um, but you got a deeper though. That... It's gonna be what? It's gonna be what? Um, it's gonna be game three tonight. I'm already talking about. I'm um, gonna be Finals MVP. That's the main topic. Yeah. That's what we're watching for. We're watching yeah, for that the top one. see gets the most points and. That's how one-sided it's been. So, over to the ruiners of this NBA season, the uh, LA Clippers, um, who at this rate might just have to move back to San Diego or something after this embarrassment of the year. Um, The the Clippers news that has come out is is after being champions-elect, tipped as the favourites, deepest squad, the splash they made by getting Kawhi, which was the most talked about, signing in free agency, um, this past summer, they fucked it, and uh, we covered that at length. And, and uh, there will be a bigger topic on exactly what a bigger pod on the topic of exactly what the Clippers are going to do now. But they've moved quick to make one big change, and that is getting rid of or Doc Rivers getting rid of himself, um, but changing the coach. Um, so I'm interested in that if they see this as a damage limitation move to be like, well, look, let's get a new coach and then we can keep the roster. Maybe it was that. Or 
if it's the start of something a lot bigger, um, if it's the start of, well, Kawhi may well have been looking forward to working under Doc as one of the main reasons he came. I, I, I can't remember if that was spoken about publicly, but that could have played a part. Um, obviously, Kawhi and Paul George only have a year until they can actually opt out and, and shoot off. So I don't know if it's a damage limitation to try and, try and get them to back in and, and keep things together in terms of playing personnel or the beginning of a uh, much bigger spiral especially considering how much of their future has been thrown away in that uh, Paul George trade. Where, where do you see it going over the next year? Do you think the right coaching appointment can can keep it together? Is it entirely dependent on what they do as a title team next year? Or is this just the beginning of the end for that little short-term experiment? I think two things can be true in this instance. I think given the roster situation, like it, it is still the deepest roster in the NBA. Like Regardless of them underperforming, Personnel-wise, like you don't get much better than that. Uh, the balance in that is finding a way to get it all ticking, and that's something they failed to do, and that's what coaches are there for. Um, Doc Rivers, what seven, eight years at, at the at the Clippers? Yeah. Disappointment every every year, bar last year. Um, so the writing was on the wall, as far as I'm concerned. He showed that he was able to get the best out of a group of guys that didn't have superstar presence, but every time he's had a star at the helm, they've, they've not really done anything worthy of what the roster suggests. So yeah, he needed to go. Um, God knows who, they, who they'll get in next, um, but it's a step in the right direction in terms of trying to maximize the potential of a fantastic roster and two superstars. Is there, is there even any links at the moment? I don't even know. Is there anyone? Yeah. No, I'm answering anything at all. D'Antoni is there just waiting for a job, but I don't know, <laughs> no. I don't know if that would be the right <laughs> yeah. fit. Um, but I mean, yeah, I, I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, Canyon, I'm not going to ask you for this one because, again, your best, oh, contribution be this, your, 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 best, your best contribution to this Clippers discussion is definitely the hand and the face movements that you're right, making. I'm ready. I, I could be impartial because, yeah, but Doc's <laughs> been there, what, seven years now? And we've got three conference semis, three first round L's and a missed playoffs in there. Cool. This has probably been the year where the cars has been in his favour the most, yeah? And I think he shot himself in the foot this year because I was even reading at one point where the Clippers, the, Clippers, the people in the old, the, the bean counters and them and there, the, the, the statisticians were thinking, hold on, why is Montrezl Harrell still playing, even though he's left the bubble, come back obviously due to personal tragedy and illness, or whatever, and not playing Zubac, who's actually a rebounder, can actually play better defense, even though the numbers were telling them otherwise. But he was adamant. I only he was adamant. Even people watching could see that Zubac was better. But here he is still playing Harrell. And obviously on top of that as well, there was the whole chemistry issues. You've had at the start of the year, Harrell saying, listen, none of us really like each other, but we're just here because we can win. We're going to do this. And we clearly see that wasn't the case. And there have been numerous instances this year where we've seen something just isn't right. We've always said, hey, look, the bench is deep. The team is deep. They'll come good. Don't worry. They've had big games and they've come through them. That They're going to come through it. And then we saw, like, cool, when it got to the playoffs, like, shit got hot. And then they got out of the kitchen, as well and truly. So... Cool. Paul George, fantastic year last year. Came into the Clippers, like, more or less, I'll say, a 1B one, one to Kawhi's 1A. Couldn't match up in the playoffs. Kawhi, all that load management to drop 14 in an elimination game. The best player... No, I, think his, I think his back was sore, though, after the, uh, after the carry job that he'd uh, been putting on for the, for the last few games. But I, guess, I, I get your point, and I think you've made an interesting point there in that Doc has gone from one underperforming team with chemistry issues now to the Philadelphia 76ers, which thankfully is a big change. No, not really. Uh, it's another underperforming team with chemistry issues and with personnel fit issues. You've got the MB Simmons issue there about whether you can realistically have them both on the floor uh, without just having pure shooters around them. Um, you've, you've, you've sort of got JJ Redick again. He's come out in a podcast recently. Um, and JJ Reddick's a pretty straight shooter and pretty honest guy and, and a vet in the league. Um, Jimmy Butler says similar stuff that just like the decisions that they make over there at Philadelphia on who to keep and who to value, just wrong. So, uh, me, I know you don't think this Rivers to Philadelphia move is great for either party. How do you no. see this panning out? 
Um, it's going to end in tears again, man. I mean, um, the Sixers aren't going to accomplish what they want to accomplish, which is probably make a finals or win a ring. It's not going to happen with their team. Unless Doc can like put his arm around Embiid and get him to change and get Simmons to make some adjustments and get him to gel together. But I don't think the roster even um, like fits up well um, in the East or just in the West, to be honest. They've got the awful Hawford contract. Um, yeah, so it's just a bit sticky for them, to be honest. And like Doc, personally, I mean, like his own stock. And this is probably his last big job because if he fails here, you're looking at what Clippers, Boston, and then this, like I'm having failed. I mean, like, yeah, he and even, like, let's, let's not get twisted. Okay, Boston, yes, he got a championship. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But, but mm. with... The expectation was KG, Ray Allen, Rondo and uh, Paul Repeat. Pierce. The big three, Should have yeah, got exactly. at least one more. And okay, there exactly. was close, uh, 2010 in particular, very close, everything like that. But it's, it's not a strong decade mm. for, for Doc. Obviously, lofty expectations in a lot of these jobs. And, and the margins are thin. But uh, yeah, I think you're right. He really needs to do something with this Sixers team, um, and, I, and I don't think he's going there for a rebuild. So, so no, it'll be it's a very really interesting now. one. Yeah. Sai, Sai, I see your, I see your, I see your eyebrows furrowed and your your mouth pursed. What's your input here? Hey, I'm, I, I would like one of you to try and tell me what the hell is coaching identity is nowadays, because everything, everything that was supposed to be a Doc Rivers hallmark has fallen by the wayside for the last however many years. Like he just looks like a shell of a man. I don't I don't know what it is. Maybe maybe it was when he when he brought Austin onto the team. And nah, then, I don't blame him. He's doing all right. That didn't work. And then and then Austin out of nowhere. Speak, speak more, speak more, I, I tell you what, speak more on that. If if Doc Rivers was to sort of re because I guess you could argue on one side that the Sixers is they're a relatively low stock at the moment. You got the Nets coming in next year. You got the Bucks if Giannis stays for any amount of time, still be competitive. The Celtics have were a whisker away from the conference finals. The Heat, you imagine, will add rather than subtract to their roster. And Toronto again probably add rather than subtract, and are still a really effective team. So you could argue that there's less pressure on the Sixers than in the last few years. So what would Doc need to rediscover and rekindle of within himself to to make this Sixers team effective? feel like first and foremost he has to decide on what what type of play style they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna be are they gonna be an offensive team or a defensive team because for me like you can't just run and gun all the time you can't just rely on individual talent you need to really hone in on like what identity your team is going to run onto the floor with because they don't really have the talent to just carry them through as as has been proven over the last couple of years so he's going to have to decide on whether or not they're going to focus on defense or whether or not they're going to be offensively disruptive and just kill people on that side of the floor. Um, also, his man management leaves a lot to be desired. Especially recently. Like, I've, I've, I've just not seen, I've not seen anybody really excel in terms of the, the stars um, under his tutelage. Like, Blake Griffin had a few good years. Chris Paul did Chris Paul things, but outside of outside of them just being dope boy talents, what what what? I think, what I think they've been. You can say Harold. I think I Harold. think you've made. Go on. You can say Harold. To be fair, I mean, came from more or less rotation guy on the bench, not really playing to six man of the year. Well, this is exactly the point I was going to make, Canyon. Probably the most the most exciting Rivers team of the last few, most effective has been the pre Kawhi. Yeah, uh, Clippers team, yeah. which was made up of yeah, you know the 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 gritty, not yet mm-hmm. stars. Tobias Harris got a massive contract out of it, but again, it was that Harold Williams Beverly team. Um, and yeah, I know. Let's not talk about that contract. That was a mad. But, the Clippers are. In, oh, I'm sorry, the Sixers are in big trouble. You know, I was having this. But hey, maybe maybe Tobias Harris just needs to get unlocked by Doc Rivers again. Who knows? But you you can only assume he's going to go back to that kind of gritty. Uh, play hard, play for each other, team camp. That's all that I think the Sixers have because they aren't really set up roster-wise effectively. Nah. So he's going to have to sort of bring out that that energy that his grittier sides, like the old Celtics team and uh, that more recent pre-star, post-star uh, Clippers team had. Um, whether he can get someone like Joel Embiid to put the fucking snacks down and, and actually buy into that or Ben Simmons not be frail and 
and half-assed about Simmons to get off Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. So whether he can drag him out of the Kardashians' yard or wherever he is these days, I don't keep up. Um, uh, it remains to be seen, but uh, I think they'll definitely need a retooling. And I think I think that's a, a great point, Sai, is that how it's going to be how um, willing he is to really dig back into what made him a, a hot property as a coach in the first place, as opposed to, fuck it, it's a free job, I'll take it because I need the work. So whether it ends in tears or not, uh, Nii, I think I think that's probably going to be the decider. Um, so, yeah. Interesting one. We'll definitely keep an eye on that in terms of what that means for the Clippers long term as well as the Sixers. Um, I'm definitely hoping that the Sixers just fall out of their ass and uh, <laughs> and drop down. Um, another headline grabber this week. Um, and I think it's the sort of stuff that is going to be talked about so much in the offseason coming up when we don't have basketball. And going off of Adam Silver's sort of recent quotes, yeah, January-ish, maybe. Uh, but we want fans in the arena, so if America keeps being run like the mess that it is, it could be later. Uh, it could be a long off-season, and I think things of this nature are going to rear their head again and again, and it's the nature of the NBA. There's content all the time and controversies all the time. Size favourite son, Kyrie Irving, um, <laughs> has, has made a, a bit of a, a splash in the, in the media space recently. Um, so Kyrie Irving was on Kevin Durant's podcast, first guest on it, sickening, like, sickening <laughs> romance that they've got over there. That honestly, like, you got to understand where I'm coming from this is I really, I really tried to give Kyrie more of a chance as a Celtics fan. I was like, do you know what? Nah, man, let me just overstand what this guy's on about because he's got all these like eyes on his creps and that, and he must be clever. <laughs> he's not, bro. He's, he's not, bro. He's actually not. I swear, I will say it. He's clever for a superstar athlete that has been sheltered from the real world for the majority of their life. No doubt. He's more conscious and more well spoken and smarter than, uh, than them, man. But then. That has led to this inflated idea of everything him saying being so profound. And the, the bromance thing being so sickening was the whole, like, obviously, oh, there's the camera there at the All-Star game, KD. Let's, uh, let's talk about two max slots. Two max slots. And then afterwards, be like, what, I can't talk to my friend? You lot made me sick as the media, man. That's just two friends talking. Well, we can't talk. You need to take this focus off me, man. I'm Kyrie Irving, but I'm a person only now on that podcast to then detail how that moment actually was, yeah, no, how great was that when they saw those two us talking and that was the start of it. They were half right, but we weren't going next. <laughs> we're so clever. <laughs> um, now, Sai, we can only see his, his head and his shoulders on uh, on Zoom, but I know it's a, it's an Arthur meme right now. It's just, it's just this, it's just this below, below the, below the, below the camera. Um, so the Kyrie quotes were, in particular, there was a lot of backslapping and, and him and KD. And there's been some things which objectively I just see as a bit of a red flag in this past season where Kyrie's on the court, KD's not. He's, he's injured, obviously. And then t uh, timeouts are being called and the whole team was listening to Kenny Atkinson and Kyrie and KD were chatting over there. And it was just a little bit like, ah, it's just not the best start optics-wise that you want to see. Obviously, we don't know the ins and outs. But um, obviously, Steve Nash now, has come in, legendary player, novice coach. Um, Kyrie speaking on that was, uh, I don't really see us having a head coach. KD could be a head coach. I could be a head coach some days. Um, and again, just red flag. Like You just see it and you just think, what was it that Kyrie's tenure in Boston most suffered by? It was probably not sticking to schemes, an overinflated sense of uh, importance and responsibility to actually be the leader and be the one making decisive actions. Red flag, caught a lot of flame, caught a lot of um, traction in the media. And then Kyrie went on Instagram Live to put right his own quotes from a podcast that he volunteered to do with his best mate. But anyway, that's fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You've already chosen your stunts. <laughs> <laughs> you made your mind I've, up already. I've only chosen my stance to give you the best platform to counteract it, Sai. So you yeah, you come back back at me and say why this isn't the uh, the uh, mess that people are sort of painting it out to be. 
All right, so first and foremost, like we, we, we as uh, guys that I would say are new to the media, we know why we're on a platform because we look at a lot of how things are dealt with and we say, oh, actually, we feel like we could do something different here. And for me, on a personal note, when I see the way that athletes or celebrities in, in general are sort of dissected on a human level, it does rub me the wrong way, especially mm -hmm. if we're talking yeah. young black men who have been shifted into positions where maybe they could have left the fame, but the fact that they are such high caliber athletes means that they have to take the rough with the smooth, if you will. Um, so then we transition to someone like Kyrie who has been in the media for stuff that hasn't actually been of his doing. You got a, the, the whole uh, personal life stuff with his, with his girlfriend to him basically being, he's not actually an American. He's born, born abroad, went to the who is US. It? Who is it? Who we just guy. remind the listeners, who is his girlfriend? Kalani. Massive <laughs> Just date someone else, bro. Go to Starbucks and yeah. chat a thing in there. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, pick better. Pick something low key. Anyway, carry on. So, so, it's, so it's one of those things. I feel like Kyrie, Kyrie in particular, gets a lot of sort of things pitched at him for the type of person that he is. And for me, on a personal level, I see somebody who's just pretty normal in in terms of he doesn't always say the right thing. And he often ends up backtracking. And credit to him, he's also admitted when he's been wrong. As, as the background says, the whole flat earth theory thing, like, <laughs> you can tell that he was... <laughs> oh, just clock like, what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> for, me, for me, that's the only thing where, where I'm like, oh, do better, my guy. But even, even then, like, he came can I just, out... Can I just interject on that point? Because I think you're making yeah. great points. And, and I, I was purposely coming to the other side of Kyrie movie, obviously. But even the flat earth thing, it was, and again, he was young at that time. Like, let's remember that as well. Like, and, and young people don't deal with normal life that well, let alone fucking this mad microscopic focus on you, right? But even the flat earth thing, his backtrack was, well, I just wanted to start a conversation. And it's like, like I, just, I just wanted to say that, hey, it might be, something that someone thinks to be true and again it was just like that's i think if i could sum up Kyrie, it's just like there's a point in there somewhere but he dresses it up in such this is the problem bad choices of wording and 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 platform and stuff that you just think for fuck's sake man there's clearly a guy in there who um is a normal thoughtful guy probably a very sensitive guy in relation to a lot of athletes as well um, and is. i think that's something that it is something that that is something that I don't like how that is talked about in media and, and stuff like that, in that people have to go through shit in their own way. And um, he seems like the sort of guy who loves to play basketball. Um, I mean, Game of Zones made actually very, very YouTube that if anyone was listening. There's a very, very funny little skit on wants to play basketball but doesn't want anyone to see it. But then actually kind of loves the fact that he's celebrated for being so good at it. And, <laughs> and, it, and, and I think he does struggle with that. And I think there are times where he just is, is a bit in the wrong headspace for everything. And, and I don't like the idea that um, he is marginalised and sort of taking a piece out of or maybe being a bit too sensitive and emotional because, yeah. listen, people go through things in different ways. My struggle with him is that for someone who pro pro proposes himself as so intelligent and not have the self-awareness of, do you know what, I should probably just be a bit more selective with this one and a bit more sensible. I don't think these quotes are too bad, to be honest. And I don't think... I think there are a little bit of a red flag considering what his last placement was like at Boston. But on, on at the same point, time, man. go on, go on. on. I, just, I think he's created this own thing around him now where there's extra attention based off his past stuff. And that's a hard thing to escape. I guess that's my sure, only sure. point. I, like, I, I can often be quite word heavy. So, like, I, I sort of understand where the struggle in that, in that lies. It's like you get to a certain point and you end up explaining the point that you're explaining so it just ends up as a web with Kyrie I think this particular situation has already been sort of a carryover from leaving the Cavs which he left the team that was about to be a sinking ship anyway the media pitched it as he wants his own team this that and third yeah. I can't recall ever seeing a, a quote that alluded to that I actually remember quotes of him saying I want to be more of an off-ball player. I want to be more of a team-oriented point guard. 
And we start to see the signs of that in his best moments at the Celtics. But on the flip I side... I think it's easy to forget that in the he had his best regular season year ever precisely. At, at, at Boston. And mm. there was the first season as well, it looked really good. Missed the playoffs, came back, and then there was a lot of factors. Precisely. Hayward's injury, Hayward's reintroduction, the young guys being promoted above their station based off what they had to do in his absence. I think... Um, I think if he sat down now, he'd probably regret how he handled a lot of the Celtics season behind the scenes. He said he did. Yeah, he did say that, and and then then you get the whole narrative of oh, when it went wrong, who did he call? He called his LeBron, who he shit on before, and it's like you you start to you start to build this web. You even had Woj uh, labeling him as the disruptor, and that's yeah, something that stupid, that, man. coming yeah. into coming into Brooklyn has already been pitched, and it's like. Okay, cool. In those first 20 games, as a Nets fan, in those only 20 games that we got to see, I saw him with his arm around the vert. I saw him on the court with Dinwiddie. And I saw him building chemistry with these guys. And yeah, he did mention, oh, there's pieces that need to be yeah. added to this team. <laughs> Everyone knows that the, the Nets haven't had a power forward in like three or four years. Or those, those of us that watched the Nets, we know that they haven't had that. So I'm there are two players there. Those of huh? us that watch the Nets, stop yeah. the fight. <laughs> good reason we don't, bro. I'm sorry. Man. Good facts. <laughs> good reason we don't. I understand. But there's good reason we don't. There's some nice pieces there. But... There are some nice pieces. To be fair, I like the D-Lo Nets. I was a big fan of the D-Lo Nets. Oh, yes, yeah, so was that. They had, they had a lot of drip to them. You know, I'm all about the inefficient exactly. players. Because then when, and then now when we transition into his comments now and we, and we see on how he spoke about Kenny Atkinson in terms of giving him credit for what he did for that particular group. Kenny Atkinson got a lot of flack for the way that he dealt with the Allen and Jordan dynamic, the Dinwiddie and D'Lo dynamic, the minutes that uh, Karis LeVert were getting, pretty much from top to bottom in terms of his uh, squad management, as successful as he was in respect to the situation they were in, he, he caught a lot of flack. And most of the question marks around the Nets were to do with how is this coach who is very much about instilling work ethic and sort of a style of play that requires everyone to be low ego, how is he going to deal with these two superstars who command a certain level of respect as well as a certain level of um, on-court on sort of uh, concessions to be made for them? And what did they do? They fired him. They got rid of him and brought in someone who's all about man management because he's got no fucking experience at the top level of doing any coaching. So what they've actually done is they've brought in the exact person that they need or who they've highlighted that they could potentially need. And now people are upset about the fact that both Kyrie and KD, because KD actually added a bit of context where he said, ah, Jacqui Vaughan could be the person that quote-unquote head coaches because what we need is we need it to be a collaborative effort mm -hmm. where everybody has that sort of vocal ability and everyone can convey the message of what needs to be done for me that's actually a little bit of insight that us as fans and us as new media if you will will be quite grateful for because if we go through the list of champions over the last few years whether it's the Cavs with Ty Lue as their as their coach or the Warriors with Kerr is their coach. These are both rookie coaches who have come into superstar-laden teams who have been able to win. Do we at any moment think that Kerr or Lou were telling their superstars exactly where to be on the court? Hell no. Not a chance in hell. So for me, it's, it's all a bit of a, it's a long conversation almost. It's, it's fun to have, but when we boil it down to the fine details, they're just saying what we all knew anyway. These coaches don't have the, don't really have the say to say, all right, cool, this X is you, this O is your opponent, or whichever way around that goes. This is what where you need to be. No, the big players make big plays, and that's the end of the story, really. Canyon and uh, Nee, just as obviously, I'm uh, slightly still pissed at Kyrie. Oh, uh, I can tell, I can tell, bro. Just for leaving, just for leaving <laughs> us in a just tell us six months earlier and let us trade you for something, you fucking mug. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that's right. And obviously, Sai is Kyrie till, till uh, it turns sour anyway. Um, Canyon and, and the, just from your kind of more neutral stance, 
a lot's been said there about like I think there's great points about just focus on people in the media and and how that isn't the most healthy thing and that's something that's been spoken on really intelligently by a lot of players but in terms of Kyrie the the attraction I guess Kyrie the headline Kyrie the 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 quote quote factory where where do you kind of stand on him as neutral fans are you at the point of you feel sorry for him you get irritated by him it's a bit of an eye roll and you move on where are you with Kyrie uh I feel for him like well and truly like I spoke about yesterday with some friends and I was thinking like when the quote first came out I was like what are you on about bro like I heard the whole podcast and it was going well but this one bit obviously like Sai said he's got he's got the case of maybe using too many words talking himself into a web and he could have just said, like, hey, we need more a people manager than an X's and O's ethic manager. And no one would have said anything. But the way he's obviously worded... We all need to be leaders in our own right. No one would have said anything. <laughs> yeah, this is that. No, one, no one wants to hear that. But time and time again, he has been proved right in the sense that people will take one thing out of a two and a half... It was almost a three-hour conversation. Yeah, it was long. Twist it into something crazy. And well and truly, even though he articulated himself in the end, I feel quite poorly. And there's a tendency to do that but at the same time does accept his mistakes. I think, like I said, there ain't really much to it. Like I might think, hmm, he's a bit somehow, because in the end, coming from the situation you were in, obviously Brad Stevens have any superstar experience, but fantastic coach. And I'm sure he wasn't telling you to do this, this and this, because as we saw, you still kind of did your own thing. So when it comes down to, I still think they'll have some sort of coaching because you've got to play defense. Like, Yeah, they, did, have... they, they both said that as well. They said yeah. that um, Steve Nash is also brought in like a coaching core exactly appreciate so they they also touch on the fact that we're not saying we don't want to be coached we're saying we want someone who's going to appreciate us on a human level like a it's why jason kids at the lakers yeah. as well like you got you got vogel um kid and a bunch of other people like i'm pretty sure lebron and ad aren't sitting on frank vogel's every single word like we saw in the timeouts lebron's just doing his own thing and just letting frank talk to the rest of them like yo boys you gotta be here here and here so with Kyrie, most often than not, I'm normally on his side because I understand, like, they can just twist your words into something crazy. And obviously, on top of that, he is fairly sensitive. So him and KD is like a match made in heaven. But <laughs> at, the same, at the same time, I do enjoy the fact that they do speak out because it's like, yo, man, like, why always me? Like, talk about something else because these non-factors you're making, or some of it might be of their own making, but at the same time, like... I'm still a person. So I did appreciate that side of it. Like I do need someone who understands me. Um, but I didn't, the community stuff was all fluff. But I said, I do understand Like, cool. Like you are a person and people need to understand that. But at the same time, there still does need to be some guidance because well and truly, giving you the keys hasn't gotten your teams anywhere in the past, if we're being very honest. And we're hoping on the fact that KD comes back to like 85% of what he was with that torn Achilles. So between the two of them, you can trust them to maybe lead an offense and be okay. Mm -hmm. but, so as a whole, I think he's kind of always, always going to get flack because Wodge stupidly named him, obviously, the disruptor. Yeah. Perkins has basically sold his soul as a player because you can definitely tell the difference between when Big Baby was kind of um, to turn up on the herd and all these shows and what Perk is now. Big Baby will come in. Obviously, we know he wasn't a very serious player. He'll make some jokes, maybe drop a few leaks that we didn't particularly know, but not say anything too controversial about individuals. Whereas Perk has just basically gone the complete other way. While not being half the player Big Baby was, by the way, or any of these other players he's talking about, I'm just talking reckless, like saying all sorts about... Perk's beefing, beefing a lot of man. And Perk. talking all sorts of stuff about KD. And then KD has come on numerous podcasts and be like, hey, you got Perkins got my number. That clearly did not happen. And he's talking about loads of other players. So I think it's kind of good that we've kind of seen that side as well, because clearly um, with like Perkins and these men, like there's clear agenda, like they want to make a point because well and truly, like we said an episode ago, they're not here to educate us or whatever. They're just there mm -hmm. to... For the, for the talking people. heads, talking heads. Need, need, last little one on the Kyrie thing. Do you think that, uh, that other quote of that gained almost as much traction as, oh, I finally get to with someone who can I can give the ball to or make a shot in the crunch time or whatever. Did you feel like that? We're, obviously, we know he's happy he's with KD. We know everyone would love to be able to play with KD. But did you see that one as a little slight that was avoidable as well in terms of you've just had uh, you've just had uh, LeBron in your second to last place and you just had these guys that you were maybe trying to elevate as opposed and empower as opposed to put down, which you didn't always do at the Celtics. 
Uh, did you think that one again was just him saying something which we all get, but in the very wrong way, which if he's as clever as he portrays, he should know is going to cause a thing like you just do. Uh, what did you think to that one? I think that's part of the problem, though, because like, it was a, what, two and a half, three-hour conversation, and like, it was quite a friendly conversation between friends. So, like, mm-hmm. I mean, you're more relaxed when you're talking to your friends, and like, you don't try to put everything into context. Can I, just, actually... can I just contextualise that one? Hot Take Harold yeah. had a go at me when I did a podcast with Oggy at 2 a.m. because I swore okay. too much. If only you heard me with Oggy when the mics are off. <laughs> so, uh, so that is the point in case in point. recording with your mate. But yeah, just that touch and that, I mean, like, the point that he made, I mean, if like, people don't actually watch basketball, um, I think he made a valid point. Like, he's talking about the person taking the last shot. And he talked about it earlier about the Cavs, about him having to try and carry the team and like, the team not being as good as it should be. And that like, there have been a lot of pieces who rely on LeBron or him to make that pass or make that play. But when it comes down to the final shot, like to someone to create their own shot, I'm banking on Kyrie to do better than LeBron in that moment. I guarantee that LeBron will make a better play. Maybe he yeah. might make the right pass, but I think Kyrie will take the better shot. He will get the better shot off. And you look at KD, like KD, he's probably the best shot maker in the league. I mean, like no one's really going to guard him. He's seven foot, he's got handles. He can go to the rim. He can shoot over you. So I think there's validation to what he said, to be honest. And just in general of Kyrie, I think a lot of his points are overinflated because obviously the media is a bit of a circus, but... I don't think there's anything too controversial in what he says half the time. Like, I mean, I just kind of brush it off. I mean, you think about it for like a minute or two, then you just kind of get on a good day, innit? Yeah. yeah. Uh, one of, one of Unless the- you've got a podcast to make and then you've got to uh, give, it, give it a few more minutes. Yeah, embellish it a bit, yeah. So quickly with that thing about KD as well, like I didn't speak on him before, but yeah, I 100% agree because more often than not, like you look to the guy beside him to make that shot. Like you can look to LeBron to make that shot, but that's not his prerogative. He's like, nah. we've, always, we've always said LeBron is the person in the last second will make the right play. And if mm-hmm. that means he's not taking the shot, cool. Whereas sometimes, obviously, Kyrie's maybe prone to a bit more iso ball. That's his game. Break someone down and shoot. In the last second, who can do that just as well as me? Or better? KD. Yeah. So, it's, not, it's a perfect point, to be fair. And it's prone, prone, prone to iso ball, especially last year uh, with us in his only playoffs with us and the only one in the last four years we didn't make the Eastern Conference Finals of. Cheers, Kyrie. Uh, <laughs> what have you got in your mind? Uh, the, 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 one, the one point on that whole last shot thing as well, the, the piece of context that was most meaningful to me was he actually said, I felt guilty if I didn't take the last shot mm. down the stretch. And... He, he spoke a lot about trust. So for me, I didn't even, I didn't even take it as like a dig at anybody. I no. felt it was quite an introspective sort of viewpoint on it. It's like, now I feel like I can trust somebody else and not have to always take the onus on myself to be the hero. And that, that is the making of a beautiful partnership. To then fast forward to LeBron speaking about jealousy and uh, it's, it's working between me and AD to not have jealousy. I thought that was actually in worse taste because it was like a call and response type of thing where it's like, okay, cool. Like, I'm pretty sure, obviously, we we all bank on the fact that Rom may not actually be able to read. So if you read the the audio book version, it might have been misconstrued on that standpoint. I do understand this point slightly because even though we make fun of LeBron pounding the ball last second more often than not, If he's not taking that last shot, we've seen more often than not, 99% of the time, he would more or less trust his teammates to maybe Sorry. make a shot. And he's always said, like, there was one game, I think Kyrie must have gone off, but he had two assists. And he said to him after, like, yo, that can't happen again, bro. you got to trust your teammates. He's always said, like, we have to trust cool. our teammates. And that's been the one thing that LeBron is probably at fault for. Maybe trusting these guys, I won't say bums, but trusting these guys too much. Because when it comes down to it, it's on him anyway. So he has to go crazy. But more often than not, yeah. LeBron is about trust. So I, I do understand how it is in poor taste. But at the same time, he was also perfectly valid making that point. Even though it might not have been directed at him, it was perfectly valid because he said time and time again, like, yo, to get anywhere, like, trust your teammates. Obviously, when you're not picking up Kyle Kuzma or whatever, but more or less <laughs> trust them. And and I think that's a bit in poor taste, I saying that we're not sure if LeBron can read because actually <laughs> we saw that Malcolm X autobiography twice and then it was gone. So he finished it really quick. Yeah, she <laughs> plays through that rapid, quick, record time. As a last little point, last little point, because I feel like 
I don't I don't mean to dampen on the finals again, but you do feel like it's done. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. So hopefully we get get a little win for Miami today just to excite things up a little bit. Um, what we'll probably end up doing is a, a Lakers celebratory party midweek or something like that. Nasty. Yeah, I'm definitely won't be there. Um, <laughs> get, 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 uh, get, get purple and gold themed banners and all of that. Um, just a last little point I think would be good is where, where you guys see the Nets going next year and being next year. I think obviously a lot of it is down to what KD comes back. Not just what KD comes back, but if KD comes back, how long it takes him to play through the return. Uh, but even that, KD at 70% is still going to be better than 80% of the league. Um, and there's still a lot of good pieces at Brooklyn. Obviously, Nash is relatively of an unknown quantity. Where do you lot see the Nets sort of? Uh, um, I don't know. Up? I think I'll probably need longer on that because I think Sarah know better than any of us. But the way the roster is constructed, I feel even though Levert had a great year last year and he came up from his injury, they might try and get maybe more pieces in because Levert and Dinwiddie did their thing and they're obviously very good, of course. Mm. But you've got, obviously, that Jaron Allen and DeAndre Jordan dynamic that didn't work. Whereas Allen, he's twice the player DeAndre Jordan is now. That was, that, was an, that was another little red flag for me. That and that's veteran leadership. And... With them. So, best friends. And obviously, you want that veteran leadership. But well and truly, if it gets down to it, you probably want Allen there. But at the same time, you can probably get a ton back for Allen. So, I think they might try and move some people around. And there will be a couple shots. But I do think... Like a conference semis in the first year at least like that's not beyond them I don't think but maybe I think maybe next year will be a bit too early but the season after one maybe KD's got his full legs under him and he does come back to what he was then we might see something special but for, for the first year there'll be a lot of moving and shaking and really hoping something happens for me the, the, the only pieces I see as dispensable are the Harrises and the Princes mm. um, Allen won't be going anywhere just because of the fact that he's on a small contract anyway. So there's no there's no real incentive to shipping him. And I feel like they you wouldn't you wouldn't get anything of value back if he's on his rookie scale deal I'm still. So, I see. so you'd have to leverage him with somebody else and yeah. you 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 make a risk of uh sort of cutting down the depth of your roster quite heavily if you do that. Um me personally, I I, I do feel like DeAndre settled into his role as maybe the second centre in that team um, because they, they've got nobody else. They've literally got nobody else um, to step into that role. And I think he's there as the glue guy for Irvin and uh, and Kyrie to sort of gel with the rest of the guys. Uh, you can see in like their pre-matches, he's involved with everyone. He's sort of taking that on himself. So um, for me, the only worry is potentially us shipping Dimwitty, who is probably too good to come on come on as six man um, yeah. but at the same time they're they're going to be dangerous if 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 they keep everyone together and just add a power forward and a a couple of uh wing players that can shoot the three and play d Levert. and boy like Levert, Levert, i think phil should come off the bench as well but that's just me yeah dinwiddie should know they're top four seed to be honest yeah I think they'll be a top four seed and then it kind of depends on who you get in the playoffs. I'm like your matchups and then you kind of just go from there, don't you? Because obviously KD and Kyrie can go up at any night, to be honest. And then, yeah, man, like you just don't know sometimes. If players pick up injuries, if your team gets into stride, if another team falls out of favour or if they lose players, it kind of goes from there. But um, I think Brooklyn will be good next year, man. And I'm okay. definitely looking forward to seeing KD, man. I mean, sure. KD, I miss him. I'll tell you what, whether they'll... Uh... Whether they'll be good or bad, I think um, GT said it about the Rockets on his sole appearance on this podcast. They're definitely going to be in the news cycle, for better or for worse. Um, so, yo, I think, I think that's, what we've got time for. that's what we've got time for this week. Hopefully, the finals, re the Heat reignite the finals somehow and it just, yeah, just dampen into the sweep. Yeah, just a one game, man. Yeah, think of everyone else is Nah, it's not happening. Anyway, painful finals in anyway the hopefully something... <laughs> And, and as a Chelsea and Boston fan, it's, I'm just going to find it so interesting seeing side deal with the second Mourinho and Kyrie seasons at the same time. That is going to be just a lot going on for the Spurs and Nets guy in the top right of your screens. Uh, boys, thanks so much for your time. 
Um, and uh, see, well, there might be that little Lakers party midweek that we'll have to host. And if not, I'll see you all next week. Again. I'll be there for it. Just Sports Social Podcast Network.